Welcome to BIV Today. I'm Tyler Orton. Now, earlier this week, we found out that Vancouver-based fintech Beanworks, it's being acquired by international business services firm Quadiens. This is part of a deal worth, you know, about $100 million, and it'll give this local company, I think, more of a platform to expand even further globally. But with us to discuss the deal and what it all means, it is Kareem Ben-Jafar. He's president and chief operating officer over at Beanworks. Kareem, thanks so much for joining us today. No, thank you so much, Tyler. And uh, I want to, again, apologize right on behalf. Our CEO, Catherine, is uh, traveling today. So unfortunately for you and your viewers, I have to be your shiny silver medal. I think that uh, that's a perfect consolation prize. So uh, don't don't worry about that. Um, I'm I'm curious myself. You know, like I've been I've known Catherine for a while. I, I, I've chatted with her over the years, and I, I'm always curious about like how a deal like this comes about. You know, was it kind of the, the atmosphere right now, the business atmosphere? Like you guys were kind of ready to be acquired, or was it kind of a surprise? Like maybe Quadrant approached you guys. Mm. Are, are you able to share some of those kinds of details? Well, I think I think the best acquisitions, uh, you know, great companies are, are never really sold, they're bought. So, you know, under Catherine's leadership and with our board, about three years ago, we put a plan together that said, you know, we don't want to just chase a valuation. We just don't want to chase, you know, a price tag. We want to create a business that's so highly valuable that our phone will ring. And also to set up a deal in such a manner that the whole time you're thinking about day one synergies and day one accelerations. So the, the company will benefit uh, immediately from the acquisition. And you know what that means in practice, if I, if I may, it's, for example, let's say you, you want to grow your business to say, well, you know, they're very interested in a business that, let's say, just placeholder numbers that grew in a certain market by 10%. Three years ago, we're thinking, well, we need that 10% growth for our current shareholders to fund our business, to create a valuable business. But what does that mean three years from now when the phone rings by like a great company like Quadient and you give them the most amount of value when we have the negotiation? So rather than grow by 10%, we would say, why don't we grow in five different markets by 2%? Now, that's a lot harder to do because now you've got to have created the product integrations. You've got to get the customers. You've got to prove that you can win in that market, get the partners, the resellers, inculcate parallel operations within your own company. So it's much harder to do. So, you know, I, I'm the revenue guy. So it's like, you know, that I can hit, I can hit my targets a lot easier with a 10% in one market. But if you do that, what do you end up doing? You've end up increasing your TAM times five. And when a great company like Quadian comes in, they see that they go, wow, you got 8% left to go in each of these markets. And as we know, you know, the, the, the first little 10 to 15, 20% of any market is very capital efficient to, to win. And you've proven that you can do it. Plus, you've also proven that the other maybe, you know, uh, 10, 15 markets they already have, your business is able to run in parallel. These were very deliberate strategic things that we did. Again, I think when companies think about, oh, we have an exit plan, they're really thinking about a multiple on revenue. I think that's incorrect. What you got to think about is from the acquirer's position, what makes you the most valuable from them from day one onwards? And that was the vision Catherine and the board have. And I was, you know, privileged to be part of to create a valuable business three years ago. So that way, you know, Quadient, when they called and we had other calls from, you know, other potential dance partners, you know, we were never haggling over price and they don't feel they overpaid. You know, we don't feel we undersold, you know, price wasn't the issue what it was about the immediate value that they're going to get from day one. So if I think anybody listening, you know, who's in the business sense, uh, you know, thinks along those lines, we're going to have more and more of these great success stories in Vancouver. 
there's some also like kind of external factors uh, going on right now. I, I would say if you look outside that there's a pandemic and you see that interest rates, that all-time lows, mm. uh, a lot of companies they are just kind of flush with a lot of cash right now. They are looking to spend. Do you think that the pandemic played any parts on Quadiant's willingness to kind of uh, uh, take you guys on as kind of a dance partner uh, to borrow your own words? Yeah. So there's a... You, you can easily argue both sides were, well, look at the business that have shut down. Like we're, we're based on invoice volume. So when all of California gets shut down, New York, New Jersey, um, big markets, you know, Toronto gets shut down. BC did okay, but we had a, a shutdown as well. You say, well, you know, these businesses, they're obviously subject to, you know, macroeconomic factors. But at the same time, businesses are cash flush and they're trying to buy. So I think they equal each other out. So, you know, not to... Not to formally disagree with you, uh, but to say, on the other hand, that if you're just running a great business, there's always a reason why you win and always reason why a business who is improperly run will fail. So you can always blame the economy when things go bad, or you can always say it was the economy you know, when things go good. But I think you've got to build a business for both a bear and a bull market. Absolutely, you know, we have to be humble. When there's good fortune and things that line up your way, you take advantage of it. But you've got to position your business to be able to take advantage of it. Uh, I like being a reporter because I get to ask the dumb questions and sometimes I, my head gets stuck in kind of the minutia. This deal, it, it was worth, uh, it was announced as being worth about 70 million euros. Uh, you do the math, that's about $105 million Canadian. Um, how is Beanworks being paid? Is it being paid in, say, euros or is it, uh, you know, good old Canadian loonies that we're getting here? So just by way of background, I've had four exits. Um, this is, this is by far my most exciting. And this is the first time I'm going to stay on and the first time working for a public company. So I'm going to ask that you go easy on me because there's certain things you can and can't say, and uh, I'm learning in real time. But that being said, I think uh, that's why I looked away to the screen. I have here the official press release. I kind of want to stick to the numbers there. Um, but yeah, your numbers are accurate. And as far as, again, how do you things work? Just by curiosity, um, you know, we, we were, we were paid in us dollars. I don't think that's okay. going to get me in too much trouble. Okay, no, that's interesting. I I, I like those kinds of bits of uh, uh, trivia there. So, um, you know, so moving forward, now you guys have a big opportunity to really expand your global presence. You guys are going to be tapping in to this giant, you know, multinational company. Um, what excites you about what comes next for Beanworks? Again, it's what excites us the most is the opportunity to see the vision through. So, um, you know, our vision, Catherine put together this amazing vision of being the essential tool for the world's accounting teams. And you know what, you know, in tech and you've done a million of these interviews, you know, they're called your BHAG, your big, hairy, audacious goal. But this allows us to be that. So Quadient has three strategic things that we're going to be able to do uh, with them. You know, right off the day one, they, they're, they're an R&D powerhouse. So, you know, one thing that made us special from Beanworks is the fact that when we integrate to these different accounting systems, we don't simply do, you know, an FTP file transfer. You know, we have, if it's an on-premise solution, we put our sync tool in and we can go very deep. So we're not a mile wide, but an inch deep the way, you know, other integrations are to get specific. Let's say your accounting system does project job costing. You know, we have the ability then across certain ERPs and now we want all our ERPs, you know, to really pull that in. So if you're an IT and you're trying, if you're an IT buyer and you're trying to buy this tool on behalf of your customers, you know, you can check a box and say, well, you know, this particular provider integrates and this provider integrates, but the CFO, like the, our real users and the financial team, they know the difference between a deeply integrated product and one that simply just transfers files. 
So the ability to go deep down the, we call it mind shafting, to go deep down the mind shaft pre-ERP uh, becomes more of a reality with Quadians. You know, also we have this, this uh, two-year project now, uh, and now with Quadian, we're definitely gonna be able to accelerate for AI. And, and, and before that's like a, uh, a tech cerebral blow, like, you know, just throwing buzzwords, AI, then you say, well, what about quantum Bitcoin and crypto? Yeah, yeah, you know, we're, we're very thoughtful with, with, with our use of AI. So our goal for AI is to say, you know, as your invoices go through, you should be managing by exception. For example, if you're just paying the phone bill, there's no reason for that particular code, that particular amount on that particular date to get your attention if you have the workflow set up. So why pull your eyeballs away from running your business to the kind of boring minutia that, you know, AI will tell you that this invoice is, is fine and will only alert you when things are broken. I mean, that's what financial professionals want. And again, you know, Quadian's R&D Firepower gives us that one. And the third one, and this is the one that excites me the most, is that uh, their CEO, Jeffrey Gaudet, has got this wonderful vision. Uh, they, they bought a Yepay, which is an AR, and we're AP, they have a a world-class uh, customer communication tool and really uh, automating, you know, what they call the, the business process automation, having all of it under either one platform or, or deeply connected. So in other words, again, if you're, you're a finance professional, you're running a business, all of these things and all these business process, uh, business process automations are taken care of under one brand or one, you know, series of connected companies. And again, that just gives us enormous synergies across all of these offerings. And that's what excites us. So our mission, again, to be the essential tool for the world's accounting teams uh, goes from being this big, hairy, audacious goal to being you know, a near-term reality. One of the other things that we have to keep in mind, though, is the, the people factor. You know, talent, global talent is an all-time high in terms of demand. Uh, you guys are going to be absorbed into a larger company, but a lot of people are just working from home right now. You, you can mm -hmm. see that's what I'm doing right now. How do you maintain that culture that's kind of Beanworks culture while going into another company and kind of adapting to what's going to be expected from that as well? So that, that would be a learning curve. Um... I've never done it. Uh, so I've, I've brought companies to, you know, successful outcomes and then, you know, gone on to another. This will be the first time I'm part of that whole transformational process. And um, one of the things that we did when we were looking at our potential dance partners is look at cultural alignment. So it goes as simple things as like, what are our core values? And again, if your core values are a cap poster, let's say you have a core value like, you know, integrity. Well, what company, you know, will not claim to have integrity? Your core values should be left-right statements. They should be magnetic. They attract the right kind of employees and repulse the wrong kind. And wrong is not a value judgment. It's not, it's not morals. It's simply, you know, the, the way somebody operates at their best. So we looked at our four core values and we looked at their four core values. as They, they spell the word epic or spells the word beans. And they're simply synonyms of one another. So right off from the top perspective, the way we hire and the way we reward, the way we retain is exactly the way Quadian does business. So that was a perfect marriage. And then, you know, over the course of discovering due diligence, you know, you get to know them, you get to find out what their vision is, their support, how they treat their people. You do your interviews, you talk to the CEOs of the other companies they've acquired, and you talk to employees and you find, okay, will the people who trusted us through their lives, the people like we've had people exit big five tech companies to come work for us because they believe in us. Last thing they want is for us to change the culture on them because they made a deliberate choice with a certain set of facts and data. So we have to say, look, if, if we can't keep the culture, at least, you know, 95% of it, like, like what makes us special? then you know we 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 kind of pulled the bait and switch so that was an, an incredibly deliberate process for us to find whoever ends up you know buying us uh we have to merge seamlessly with them 
and we couldn't have been luckier with Quadient. I mean, just from the the fluke of that, our 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 letters are the are are really our synonyms of each other to all the wonderful things we've heard from CEOs and employees from other companies and to their own uh, executive team that we spoke to. Uh, yeah, these things I recommend to anybody selling a company, don't look past it. In fact, you know, to use the often treaded and overused Peter Drucker's, you know, culture eat strategy for breakfast, it's absolutely true. Like if either culture matters or it doesn't. And if it matters, you, you know, you have to hire on it and you have to be acquired on it. And I think um, on that one, it's 10 out of 10 with Quadians. You know, at this point, like how things will operate, you know, like is, you know, Beanworks going to be kind of almost kind of an independent company within Quadient? Are you guys going to be, you know, some redundancies, not in terms of people, but in terms of, say, certain aspects, certain infrastructure that you guys might share? Do you guys know how that's going to formulate moving down the road as you guys are become one and the same? So anytime there's an acquisition, you look for, you know, synergies of distribution and synergies of cost. And in some instances, synergies of cost is shorthand for, you know, we don't need all these people. Uh, with Quadiant, um, they're keeping our team intact. In fact, we have a mandate to grow, which is, you know, again, our, our hiring plan or growth numbers are really based on Quadiant saying, Beanworks, you guys are special. And we bought you, we bought your culture, we bought your technology, and we bought your expertise. And we want you to be even more Beanworks. So their support for us was felt like from day one. I don't see... Um, us doing anything but being fully supported by them, you know, again, integrating with uh, their, their, their R&D, uh, synergizing across these other companies that they bought. They made deliberate decisions on the kind of companies they buy with synergies in mind. I mean, that is a brilliance of their, of their strategic play that they have. They call it, you know, back to growth. And uh, we couldn't agree with it more. So, you know, only time will tell. But, uh, you know, the magic eight ball says, you know, all signs point to yes. And, uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna maintain who we are with just the support. So it'll be like Beanworks, but on steroids. Maybe we'll speak maybe as we wrap up a little bit more broadly about the tech sector or the fintech sector, I should say, mm -hmm. here in British Columbia. We're not Toronto. We are not the financial capital of Canada. But why is Vancouver a good place for a lot of these fintechs? And we've seen just proliferation of them just sprouting up in recent years. Why is Vancouver a good place to be? In, in terms of fintech or tech in general? I'd say in terms of financial technology companies, ah. yeah. You know, I, I've got home bias, I think like you. Uh, we love the city, the livability of it, you know, the, the fact that you can attract a lot of that, you know, uh, West Coast talent and, uh, you know, they get a little, they get their, they break their teeth up in the valley and then they realize, you know, as much as we complain about our real estate prices, Vancouver has all the things to love about the valley yet at less of a price and more of a growth opportunity. Um, you know, we, we don't, you know, we're port city. So, uh, you know, we relied on that in film. And then of course we start to build the financial sector undergirded by technology, which I think if we do the history of Vancouver in 2050 as to why we became a FinTech hub, I think it's a confluence of factors. And uh, I'm, I'm not, I don't think I can give a satisfactory answer because it's nuanced and it's multiple small things as opposed to one big thing. But, I think we have to draw it on maybe the most important thing. It, it really is all everything that makes Vancouver special in general. It's just a great city to live in. And there's just a spirit of collaboration, not competition. I mean, when you're building a business in Vancouver, people try to help you. Even if you're kind of going after the same pie, it's you, well, there's big enough pie for all of us. You don't get that in the Valley. You don't get that in New York. You, I mean, you don't get that in Toronto. You get it in Vancouver. So maybe that has something to do with it. I don't know. 
Well, excellent. Hey, uh, Kareem, uh, congrats on the big deal. And thank you so much for joining us on the show today. No, thank you for taking the time. And again, I look forward to you doing this with Catherine. I th- I'm sure you get much more thoughtful, detailed answers. And uh, But again, I had a lot of fun. Thank you so much for your time. Well, excellent. That's Kareem Ben-Jafar. He's president and COO of Beanworks. That is it for the show today. But you can still go over to BIV.com. We've got more stories, more interviews there. For now, I'm Tyler Orton. Thank you all for listening.